You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. Welcome back to the Racking Focus Podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. I'm John Doyle. And this week, uh, eventually, we'll be talking about <laughs> Thor, Love, and Thunder. But uh, we know we've been away for a little bit. We've had uh, a variety of family and personal issues, including uh, Josiah, congratulations on your son, uh, Jack. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm lacking focus because I'm so tired. Well, that, <laughs> that's true. And because currently you are trying to convince Jack to sleep a little longer uh-huh. so we can get recording done. Yeah. If you hear some crying, it is him. And if you hear barking, it's, uh, it's yeah, chance. It's so the dog. you got, we yep. got plenty of, uh, options for distracted sound. Yeah, a lot of distractions. A lot of distractions. But yeah, we've been away for a little bit. Um, I still, I've, 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 I've I have not edited our Moon Knight episode right, well, still. So live uh, in anticipation. Yeah, that will that will happen, and I think we'll directly tie into in some way. Thor: Love and Thunder, not directly into the that movie, but they're building towards something. Here, yeah, I there's think. something going on. Absolutely. Uh, so wait for that. That's coming at some point in the future. Uh, but first, we want to get to the weekly watch. Yeah, let's do the weekly watch. Yeah, what have you been watching? So um, the Weekly Watch isn't about, hey, this is the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's ab- it's like, hey. I'm really interested to know what you're going to throw at me in a something. second when you preface so, the. <laughs> so there's a, um, there's a film I really like that I've mentioned before on the podcast at some point called The Raid, right? Um, oh, yeah, sure. It's yeah. like fantastic, mm-hmm. like the prototype for John Wick. So I, I, um, I'm always looking for something that I know Lisa doesn't want to watch, so I can watch something at my own pace, right? So I saw it, I turned it on, uh, I started to watch it, and within moments realized that it was a dubbed version oh, no. on HBO, and I could not find a subtitled version. Oh no! So because there was little other choice at this point, oh, no. uh, I watched uh, a hunk of it until I could no longer <laughs> survive the uh, and the sound like literally because everything it's not just dubbed right it's, it's dubbed. A whole mix there's Foley there's this whole new. mix right yeah so the, it's th- there's nothing of sort of the original film awful um, there may be the gunshot tracks and stuff <laughs> but it still all sure. feels really distant and uh, as a result it w- I mean it was a completely miserable experience of a film I really like yeah and so I guess my weekly watch first note is don't watch the <laughs> raid um, uh, in a uh, dubbed version it was astounding it, a, that was on HBO yes yeah, on did, HBO they didn't give you the original and version? I looked for a non-dubbed version and couldn't find it because I feel like a lot of the times they give you like oh hey here's the I went into the options I looked around I looked I searched it I didn't see two versions of it I clicked on it it started to play immediately oh, so wow. I just gave up and, and watched through it now the big issue is I haven't seen the sequel right so I've been looking for the Raid Redemption, and it was only purchasable. Okay. Well, it's on HBO, but now I'm terrified to watch it. <laughs> maybe, maybe your first walkthrough of that is, uh, is not the dubbed version. It cannot be the dubbed version. That's so there a you shame. Go. That's my first weekly watch. How about you? What have you been watching in the midst of uh, this? You know, well, you know, first couple of weeks of baby. We, you know, all we have is, in a strange way, is time to just sit with a baby. That all he does is eat, sleep, and poop. So. <laughs> Like we just have a lot of time that we're just kind of sitting around making sure that this thing is still alive, and so we've just been rewatching all of the MCU, with minus the TV shows because they're those are that's a commitment. Right. Like twenty two films sounds like a commitment, but actually, the TV shows is like the killer I think. Right. Um, and a lot of them are you know they're good, but I don't feel like they're like rewatchable in the same way that uh, mm-hmm. the movies are. So we've been rewatching all of those. Um, 
And so, yeah, that's what I've been watching. It's I, I'm not throwing out any specific movie, um, but the I would I mean, just watching from Iron Man all the way through No Way Home. I mean, the arc that they have is just so incredible to see them do this over the course of uh, what was it, eleven years or twelve years? Right. I mean, that just the payoff you have at the end of Endgame. Uh, it's and seeing three Spider-Men come together in No Way Home, um, and then seeing um, we w- I showed Steph because uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness uh, finally hit Disney Plus, so Steph and I watched that. So I watched it the second time, uh, and I, I I did not enjoy that the second time that yeah, second watch I'm, through. I'm right with you. I I've watched that three times now. Yeah, and uh, I I don't, don't I don't I did not like it I, the second time. I appreciate every bit of the Sam Raimi of it, but the movie but doesn't I, hold but up even with the it. even with the raminess it there's stuff that that he does i'm just like oh you're just bordering like the cheese ball yeah, line right, here right, like right. there's like a few piano hits that happen yeah. as sound effects and i'm like this probably really worked back in like the 80s 90s right but it does not work now yeah. and all i there's this music fight at the end and all i'm seeing is like mickey mouse and fantasia and it's, there's just stuff that happens. There's like, people who die by that music fight, and I don't get. I don't that get that at all. At all, no. It just feels. With you. It feels so cheesy. So anyway, we watched that, and as we were watching it, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at America Chavez who's doing her thing, and I'm saying they are 100 percent bringing back Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire at some point. She is going to multiverse jump them in. You know, I, it's going to happen. They have the capacity. They have the capaci- capacity for her to just, like, just rip everybody. I mean, if we thought Endgame was big, you're going to have a Kang, like, a endless amount of Kangs versus uh, the multiverse of heroes. Like, right. they, I mean, if they're going to raise it up, right? So, anyway, that's where I think we're going. So, that's my thought on all that. That's the only interesting thought I have. That's great. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah, the only other thing I'm watching, and I think I've mentioned this before, is the boys. the boys' new season is yeah. out. Yeah, and it's spectacular. Great, it's, um, and I know you haven't watched that series yet, and I keep bugging you about it. I've watched it. the first two episodes. It's um, hard to find time with. Yeah, I mean, I have the time to watch. It's just my wife will not. I know it's it's <laughs> and and believe me, by the time we get to season four, no, um, I don't think she'll survive the first couple minutes of that yeah. that first episode. It's it is so transgressive, and it is so purposeful, and it has so much to say, and it's just really good TV, and, I, and so I just recommend people take advantage of it and uh while you know it's fresh and out there and yeah. sort of vibrant in the community and before big spoilers come and again it uh it's being released week by week which i think uh in fact we watched stranger things which we could talk about oh, a little sure, bit if yeah. you wanted to yeah um, did you finish i did finish great and i think one of the things stranger things benefited from like the real benefit was the gap between part one and volume and part, two and volume yeah. two mm-hmm. and I think that th- I they need to really think about how they're going to work that out. There's an anticipation that happens, right? It's like this sort of like this: the good things come to those who wait sort of thing. Like there's a – it's the reason – I mean, nobody was complaining that Game of Thrones was a week-to-week sort of thing. Right. Like there's this thing that happened in pop culture where you have to wait and you get to talk about it and you get to bond to get mm-hmm. bond with other people over something like that you have to process the red wedding together for a week yep. before you feel the resolve of uh or even not a resolve of episode 10 and season three right like there's just stuff that it's it makes the experience more fun because it becomes this community group based thing 
um, yeah, and you I get to process. You I get I to process it. I think that's really what one of the things that it really benefited from. And I'm not. I mean, I I have quibbles with it, and sure. I, there's a lot I liked about it. And we can talk about that maybe in another time where we just dedicate some time to it. But just to say that the week by week of the boys has been really yeah. successful mm -hmm. because it does give you time to sort of breathe in what is really pushing the yeah. envelope on content but is really anchored in traditional storytelling and i think that like that combination is really interesting yeah love that so. i'll tell you what does not benefit from a week to week is kenobi right i think obi-wan kenobi could have been uh either one movie there's actually some guy out there who cut the entire thing into a two and a half hour film haven't had the chance to watch it yet um but uh, that's that is on my list, um, and hopefully I get the chance before Disney. Right. <laughs> Disney takes Yanks it down it. completely. Yeah. Um, but I think that if you watched episodes uh, one to three or one to four as one consecutive piece, and then watch the final two together in a separate viewing, it right. would feel way better than you know six thirty six to fifty minute episodes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and Stranger Things did you know they were all longer form episodes longer form content and i think that i would have loved longer form <laughs> for a star wars show right. something that yep. took its time a little bit more and, and just kind of dove into the lore a bit more and all that stuff and yeah, it makes sense that's great yeah. anyway so yeah great right, cool want to move on to thor yeah let's head off to thor great these hands were once used for battle now they're but humble tools for peace i need to figure out exactly who I am. All right, so there are spoilers ahead for Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, you've been warned. You have been warned. I, there's there's going to be spoilers for the movie. There's probably going to be spoilers for the comics, to believe, believe it or not. Oh, I think yeah, I'm going to yeah, spoil yeah, yeah. any comic related to this as well. Anything that deals with Thor, you, you can bet it's going to be spoiled. So uh, I'm going to ask you what I always ask you. What'd you think? Yeah, so I like this a lot. I, um, uh, it is Taika Waititi, which means that there is a strange awkwardness to the way the film's um, tone functions, right? Yeah. So Waititi has a thing that can be off-putting because he switches tone. And in fact, I think that's why we got the pre-credit, essentially unannounced beginning of the film could have been a hotels.com commercial, but in fact, it was the start <laughs> of the film. Um, and because I think that the, the tone he was starting with, yeah, you couldn't sit what happens in the, the, the intro and explanation of gore after, after we know that, that had to happen first, it had right? to happen first. Yeah. Um, uh, and for the humanization of that character yeah, to, it, to take place, it had, it had to, to happen, happen up front. And, and we also can't, you can't get out of that, guardian sort of humor into no. the tragedy and then back out again and that and i think that's really wise because when you watch with td's films there is often this really interesting dance between tone right yeah. oh yeah um and uh and so i think that that can be off-putting but i'm gonna say that there was so there was so much cleverness in this film and not easter eggs like just clever reimaginings of the story's original content right? like of like comic stuff of comic stuff that i thought that was really pretty it was really spectacular and i thought visually 
it was beautiful. Um, so yeah, I have some, uh, some big things to say, but to start off, I, th I really think that's where I want to go. You know, are, are you good I, I there? I think I'm good. <laughs> I had to pick up my kid. Um, Taika does. Taika is really, really good at. You mentioned visuals just now. Like there are some, there are some serious visuals that he yep. throws at you um, in this film that you're just like, that is, that is an epic shot. That is an insane shot. That is ripped from a comic. Yep, exactly. And he does the same thing in Ragnarok. There are the entire sequence with Hela defeating the Valkyries is mind-blowingly beautiful looking um it's when he, he cuts these wide shots and he mm -hmm. uses this light in such a strange way and uh there are some shots in this where it's just like it's, it's that all over again i'm like yeah. this is so cool looking uh, the, there's a pile of shots in here that remind me of frank miller's kind of artwork, yeah right? okay yeah 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 and so it, it it is it is cool to see him uh kind of do that kind of that epic work but then he gets like really down into like the weirdness of like and he's always he's always he's always been weird like his humor is so absurd mm -hmm. and you know this is this is miles better this film is miles better than the first thor and the second thor absolutely mm -hmm. i still think ragnarok is a better film overall my uh and i'll get to i'll get to why in a couple minutes but um Going into going into Ragnarok, I was already familiar with Taika's work, right? I, I'd seen what we do in the shadows. I'd seen uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, like weird humor, strange stuff. Like it's it's absurd. You've, if you've seen Jojo Rabbit, you 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 also understand kind of his style. Uh, so I was expecting something for Ragnarok. I was expecting that strangeness, this different take on Thor. But going into this film, I was expecting more Ragnarok, right? And so I was trying to clear my mind going in, thinking like this might not be, this might not be Ragnarok, and it isn't. It's a very different film, and that's okay. And I think there's going to be a lot of people who are disappointed that it's not Ragnarok again, right? Um, but you, he's trying to do a new thing, but still kind of keeping and hanging on to some of the old stuff kid what's going on what's going on? okay john you talk as i try and shove a pacifier in this kid's mouth yeah i think that um that you're exactly right and one of the things and it's a point i was going to make later but i think i can make it now is these movies are being made now by parents and i think that their lifetime yeah. their their ages is influential in their storytelling and so we see issues of I mean, this movie revolves around children, right? Right. Um, and yeah. Taika's life revolves around his kids, right? right? So, like, there's this... And so, and that, in the end, isn't a 13-year-old MCU storyline. Right. And so, this is... And I'm, I don't want to say it's more mature, but it is certainly... Um, a, the tone of the film isn't ragnarok because he's not the guy making ragnarok anymore right he he's not stagnated in time in some way right this isn't this isn't 2017 taika this is 2021 taika right right uh it is 2022 but he made this last year right so this this is this is fi five years down the road and he has young kids um i actually don't know who the I, in at one point i was like is this his daughter the so, the girl who uh, Gore's Gore's daughter, because when she was speaking, I was like, she has a New Zealand accent, so I wasn't sure if it was, if it was his kid or not. I I know that the that he, that's um Hemsworth's kid. Is it? 
It's Hemsworth. The kid. girl is Hemsworth kid. And I knew that Hemsworth kid was in it. So, and uh, so it's Australian. It, so it's Australian. Uh, because they talk about the fact that like their kids are. Oh, in, that's so in awesome. Show. So yeah, so that's India Rose Hemsworth. Get out of here! Great. Yeah. I, I mean, I assume it's his. I mean, I, ha- I mean, with with yeah. yeah. So. Oh, cool! Oh, that's really awesome. Uh, but he did say they. Di- I saw an interview with them where they talked about their both their kids being in it, but I thought it was in background. Huh. Right. So I would also assume, although I don't, s- you know, see in the cast list. Uh, a what TV name there that might be? I mean, they're got to imagine one, one of, of the kids. Got to be one of those one kids, of those kids. Probably, I would just imagine that it's the kid with the, the bunny. I was gonna say with it, yeah, with the with the stuffed animal. Yeah, yeah, like right, that, yeah. that feels like yeah. where he would put his one of his. Tra- <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, uh, so cool. Yeah, um, my biggest issue with the film is its pacing. Okay. Um, I and let me know. I want to know your thoughts on this. Is I felt like it took quite a while to find its rhythm and i'm not sure if it ever really found its rhythm completely uh i feel like the film i feel like the film kind of kept getting in its own way like it kept tripping itself up because there and it's not bad stuff but it just felt like there was stuff that just needed to happen that felt more forced than it felt like a natural like occurrence and I c- it's so hard for me to even talk about it after s- watching the entire film because I don't remember a lot there's a lot thrown at us uh, but for it, it just didn't feel like it just didn't feel naturally like the pacing was moving me along everything felt like okay now we have to move to this and then we have to move to this it wasn't like just we just naturally got there it always felt like there was something that was trying to push the story forward but not in a natural way i don't know how else to say that well i think that one of the things and again this is part of what i think is the difficulty of the source material is Mm -hmm. that this is the gore the god butcher story and the cancer story that's Mm -hmm. going on yeah with foster are stories that don't live in the humorous world of ragnarok right so they're very heavy right they're very very heavy that doesn't mean that Ragnarok doesn't have moments of tragedy, right? And serious moments. Mm-hmm. But Ragnarok is at its core this dance between Valkyrie, Hulk, and Thor, you and know, Loki. and Loki to some yeah. extent, right? But like it's that it's this relationship buddy film, like of, it is, of yeah. Them, yeah, you know, and and with and and as a result, all of the Hella stuff is about violence right Mm -hmm. and so it's violence against violence against where here we actually don't see god killing no you right we Uh, see uh, one at all oh in the very beginning the first one in the beginning when he starts well we don't and i think that may be an issue um because you know when you look at ragnarok you have you're you're breaking this down into into like two parts almost right you have to get off sakaar and then you have to go defeat Hela. Right. And so, like, for the majority of the film, it doesn't feel like Hela is somebody who is directly causing harm to our heroes. That it's causing that she's causing harm to like a like the larger body that is Asgard, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, of course, we need to go defeat her, but we never feel like the stakes are super duper high for our protagonists. Whereas here, you have two very large stakes, right? You have cancer is going to kill Jane. And you have Gore is going to kill all the gods, including Thor, Valkyrie, right? And potentially even Jane at that point. Because could Jane be considered a god at that point? I, I think not. Okay. Although the end of the film may 
may say different. Right. right? Do you follow? Yes, me? that's why. That, that's, that's why. A, yeah, that's yeah. the question. I don't think he thinks that way. I don't think Gore thinks that way. No, the no, way no. that Gore doesn't think Valkyrie's someone he should be killing. Sure. Right. Valkyrie right. prays to a god. Right. Like he's he's made. Oh, a sure. Okay. That. Okay. Yes. Right. Very good. Yeah. And so, and, and right. I think that's one of the things about the story is that that without you you don't want to. So you have these very serious characters, mm -hmm. high tragedy characters, mm -hmm. in a film that's going to that keeps on bringing humor in, right? And that can create pacing issues. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. You know. And well, I and and I think because we don't see enough of Gore, like, killing gods, and like we don't get to see him, be Gore the God Butcher, right? We just get to hear about Gore the God Butcher. We get to see the aftermath of Gore the God Butcher. We don't see him get to take down. You know, it's like there's something like so like when you see when you see Thanos beat up Hulk, you're like, oh, goodness, like this dude can take the Hulk down in a few punches. No problem. You you understand like how powerful Thanos is on like the the threat level. Right. Right. With Gore, you're kind of like, OK, he was given a sword and then he stabbed this god and he that god didn't see it coming. But we never got to see how he defeated anybody else, and so I don't get to I don't get to feel how dangerous Gore is in comparison to our heroes because I don't know where he stands on this kind of this villain threat level um, or danger level, uh, and so I don't feel like the stakes were uh, the stakes are high, but I don't ever feel like the stakes are high enough for me to be concerned for Thor in any capacity. And part of the, the that's part of the issue of pacing, right? So that's why you're str you struggle with pacing and with tone. But I do think Gore's tone doesn't match up with the tone of the Wakiti Thor world, mm -hmm. and that's where one of the challenges of the Absolutely. film is, right? Mm -hmm. So like it was interesting, the uh, the first time Thor um, Heimdall ghosts his way like into the, where the kids are, right? The first time that happens. That's an awkward scene. The second time was lovely. The second yes. time he does it was really good. The first one was awkward, and that's because the danger to those children was palpable. Right. And the jokiness of Thor felt off, right? Right. Um, and, well, and, and I do wonder how much is ad-libbed and how much is like actually written. Yeah, sure. And so it can just it could really just come down to did they not have a better ad-lib take, right? In that in that moment. Um, the yeah, the second time Thor goes into that cage, it's it's much more natural. Yeah, it's a feeling. gangbusters. Way scene. better. Um, and yeah. again, I don't think the first time's bad. I just think it's awkward, and that's and and you know, but that's also why TD's humor, right? So like, mm -hmm. there there are things he wants to make you feel awkward. He does. You feel awkward throughout all of his films, right? He, he just yeah. wants that for you. Like, there's things Korg says. And you're like, wow, that feels really strange here. But it, it works because it's the way the drama works. But it does have an impact on pacing. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I think, though, just to step back from, like, t because I don't want it to sound like we're after Bale. I think Bale did a really good job. Oh, no, Bale's role, great. Right? So, like. Bale's, I, Bale's so good, I wish he had more screen time. Yeah, he, he, I feel like we didn't see enough of him. Mm -hmm. He's really He's menacing. He's a nightmare. A and emotionally rich mm -hmm. so it's not just you know it's yeah. not just a cartoon but Bale is never bad I've never no, watched something right. where I'm like Christian Bale didn't do a good job here no he's always like I lose him completely in the role yeah like completely 
he's a different he's a different person every time I see him on screen. And I mean, I think he's he does a spectacular job. The especially, I mean, the last sequence is amazing, mm-hmm. right? That whole last sequence and that opening sequence mm-hmm. is really pretty amazing. But there are the moments when he the moment when he's with the kids and he's like sort of mm-hmm. joking in front of them with yeah. the creaturey beheads. Yeah, that scene is gangbusters. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Really well, and even when he's talking to Valkyrie and he's got Valkyrie and Jane kind of wrapped right. up, there's there's so many layers of emotion to him. Like you're seeing, you're seeing sadness, you're seeing hurt, you're seeing anger, you're seeing frustration, um, you're seeing all, of, and you're seeing joy in what he's doing as well. Like right. he's enjoying what he's doing. Um, so like he's an evil dude for sure in this movie. Um, yeah, I just wish we had more of him. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah. And again, I think t- not time-wise because the movie's short, right? Like well, it's two short, hours, but it's two hours, yeah. right? Instead of the two twenty, that would be the massive epic. I think version. most stores have hit about two hour mark. Um, uh, uh, that's interesting. That's, that's yeah, right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the he, I wouldn't want to pad the film out, but I would love to see him more often. But yeah, that may have been a pacing issue that may have made it. It could have already been too long, right? Right, right or it could have been too disjointed by virtue of mm-hmm. revisiting him. Yeah, um, uh, you know, in the comics, we Gore Gore's killing is much more present in the storyline. Yeah, right. So now there's a lot of people out there who have already complained about him, his look from s- comic to screen. Uh, did that bother you at all? No, I, I'm not a big. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't mind when characters are reformed to make things work on screen, mm-hmm. because I, I thought that it allowed the actor to do his work. Like, what I want to do is avoid as much CG on an actor's face as I can avoid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want to get that helmet off of Jane Foster. I want to get that. I mean, I want to see her eyes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, I want to see his face. And so allowing an actor of the quality who also knows how to work under makeup. Right. Because that's a thing. Bale, Bale. understands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, letting us see his face really does a lot. So I, I yeah. much prefer to avoid the CGI that would make him comic. I, I, right? I didn't didn't bother me one bit. No, nope, um, I don't, don't mind. I didn't read the comics, but I mean, I know he looks more like a cross between like I feel like Voldemort and like Davy Jones right. from Pirates. Mm-hmm. Like, but it, Bale doesn't need that to lose to lose himself into the mm-hmm. role. Right, right. Like I think maybe a lesser actor, you might you might need to give a little extra push there. To but Bale transforms. There's times where I'm like I. Forgot this was Christian Bale. No, exactly. You it's know? this. It's this character. Yeah, like he for looks. Sure. He looks like him. Like he's a very distinct look, right? Right. But he, you just you lose him like completely. So he's great. Um, he's absolutely great. Uh, did anybody else stand out to you? Anybody else in the so, cast? I mean, I was really. Let me see if I can. And you have some notes. I don't have any I notes. Do. Yeah. Let me let me say that. I I okay. I'll I'll just run through it. I'll, I'll just do that. <laughs> I thought Russell Crowe did a cool job with the work he did. Yeah. I love the humor of what he was doing. Yeah. Um, uh, the post credit scene we'll get to eventually is spectacular. But um, I thought Natalie Portman did a really nice job, mm-hmm. and it's why you bring her back, right? She's right. a legit actor. Right. And th- you don't bring her back to be the mighty Thor. 
you bring her back to be Jane Foster dying of cancer. Right. And then you let the mighty Thor come into mm. that. And she is really able to live in that space of illness yeah. as a performer that feels so anchored and legitimate. Um, I know there were people around us who every time there was a love scene, they like checked out. Really? You know, um, kids in front of us, kids in front of us, yeah. those guys behind us who checked out a bit during that. Um, and it's, uh, and what I want to say is that those scenes had so much integrity mm-hmm. um, and subtext. Yeah. And she lets Hemsworth be a better serious actor. Cause that's not, Agreed. that's yeah. not his area of expertise. Right. Right. He's, the comedy stuff's really working for him. The action stuff action really works comedy, for him. yeah. But I don't think he there's a scene at the hospital bed where he's great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I, and I think that she gives him the acting partner that mm-hmm. that can nail that. And mm-hmm. I also want to say that that's also a sign of what TD's power as a director is for his quirky weirdness, right? And for his inside jokes and for all the things he does, he let those two actors like go at the top of their game and do the work they need to do yeah even in the cartoony nature of what is the you know yeah. jane foster mighty thor yeah no um, i totally agree uh yeah i i guess you know as standout acting roles I, I, you know i don't think i have anything else i want to say um uh let me look at my notes real quick no yeah um, i mean i i i don't really i don't really have any either i i mean i think that bale is definitely definitely at the top yep um, and having fun doing this 100% doing it. Otherwise, I mean, I feel like Christian Bale picks and chooses his projects. Like he does like projects that he finds interesting stuff that he's hasn't done before. I mean, we saw the trailer to Amsterdam before the, before the show. I mean, that has Bale written all over it, right? right? Like very interesting, like a guy who's lost his eye and like doing this whole thing. Like he looks like Christian Bale, but he, you lose him underneath yeah, like underneath that new that. look. Yeah. And, uh, so he's always doing interesting work and Gore is definitely, uh, a, a a new character that you know he hasn't played before in the past i would say maybe the closest he's played is patrick bateman mm-hmm. from american psycho which right. <laughs> very very different still very but different. um yeah i mean chris hemsworth is doing the same stuff still fun to watch uh valkyrie and korg still the same like everybody is very very like they've just been playing the same characters for a couple years and like nothing's new um so yeah i would say natalie portman's the only one that's kind of really standing out and she did a great job playing somebody who's like really really strong mighty powerful but then also playing someone who you're i'm convinced was also very very weak and damaged right going back and forth between the two like obviously clear distinction from outfit and hair and makeup and all those things but you could feel it in her performance Mm -hmm. too so yeah i think that's really true um i I don't want to go through the film from beginning to end Mm-hmm. Uh, there's things I want to hit. And one thing I want to do is talk about the Shadow Realm for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, great. I, I love like the, the Sin City use style. Of black and, and white. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was great. Like yeah. this really interesting uh, transition that allowed for spots of color to help accent drama or power, like yeah. to, to talk about that sort of thing. But the, that loss of color is really powerful. And the sound in those that scene was completely hmm. transformed as well and i oh. thought that was so smart you're so good at picking out sound i, I have such a hard time yeah so i heard it oh in the in the hut area in, right in the hut right when as she opens that, that that like mm-hmm. 
whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it was like a curtain, a curtain yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. That, uh, and then from there, th- the sound was all close, right? It was as if everything was muffled around it I- in the way, I want to say, muted, right? Mm, the sound yeah. was contained yeah. in a way to match the visuals. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a really smart move. Yeah. Um, it, it, the idea of giving us uh, sound as a support for visuals shows the sign of a director who understands the entire field. And in these big spectacle films, thinking about sound not as score, but as um, another cinema element yeah. that informs the experience of us It's an ingredient, right? Like, you're right. Mi- like if you're missing some salt, you're going to notice. And that's what sound does. It just adds more flavor mm-hmm. to everything. And so I, th- I thought it was re- that was very, very well done. Yeah. And it existed through that whole sequence. And so mm-hmm. uh, now is this shot around consistent. in the comics? Is this a black and white space as well? So, if you remember, I don't know. If you I remember don't remember. Even if it's not, or even if it is, doesn't really matter all that much. But what the black and white does for Taika is it it communicates with his audience that things are serious here. Right. Right. I like there's no true, colorful. Mm-hmm. D- there's no jokes happening right in that shadow realm we've we've transferred to a place that is the antithesis of thor right like if thor is fun goofy mm-hmm. colorful bright this is the exact opposite right uh, we've gone a completely different uh to a different place um uh, right exactly you know? like that's what it is uh, uh, it also gives us a nice sense of act structure right mm-hmm. so we're sitting in this zone where yeah. um uh, you know, we, we know that we're in a, a not just a different emotional states, but the plot is moving into a different yeah. uh, period. I, I thought, I mean, I just thought it was really well done. And it also works for Gore, right? Who, in the end, is already so monochromatic right. that uh, it, it allows all of them to be monochromatic and we can watch the action instead of the dazzling blues and reds and golds, right, right that, that are flying everywhere. Um, removing that it also to some extent echoes the I mean what I find really interesting like thematically is that Gore is dying from what he's doing killing the gods and Jane Foster is dying from being a god right right Um, and it allows us to be in the space where we we feel that like loss of the beauty and the wonder and the color that comes with that idea of death, which I thought was really interesting. Well, and he becomes really threatening too in there because mm-hmm. he's now, he's now camouflaged in his space, mm-hmm. right? So the shadow realm feels like this. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like home to him, right? Like he blends in with the environment. He's able to. Um, I I feel like I remember seeing like this 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 sun rotating around this moon that they were on, mm-hmm. and it caused a whole bunch of shadows that are constantly moving, and he just dips in and out of shadows, right? Is that his power in the comics? He can just kind of, like, so move through the shadows? I mean, the the sword gives him a, a lot of power. The, the I mean, the thing about Gore in this film compared, and so, like, I want to sort of cut that off a little bit, mm-hmm. is to say this is a very streamlined character yeah, compared to someone who exists in a longer arc with more powers with you know who is actively killing gods so so i I think that what we need to think about is there's a gore has a sword he has a purpose for killing the gods in this betrayal and then bale takes it from there gotcha um, as opposed to sort of seeing that match i think it's more about plot similarities sure 
or, or plot points that are interestingly done that necessarily character points. I wasn't sure. If, I that. wasn't sure fully what his what his thing was, but you know, he's able to move through shadows. He's able to. He's this moon that they're on is white. He's very white and pasty, right? right? Like he he becomes this huge threat in that space, uh, and so turning black and white as well, like just makes you. It's hard to see him. It is very hard to see you him. You know, it's scene. very easy to see the contrast between, you know, Valkyrie, Jane, and and Thor on that moon. But when he's there, you're just not 100 percent sure where he is. Um, so anyway, yeah, I loved loved that whole sequence. Um, loved how threatening he was. Yeah, he was great. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about um, uh, New Asgard a little bit. <laughs> the tourist destination. The tourist that destination. Is, that it is. There's a golf course. There is. Uh, some cruise ships. Right, there's these big like cruise liners <laughs> there's sitting some out. Really funny stuff. There was the there's some golden buildings now. The Infinity like Cone store. The Infinity Cone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Infinity Cones. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to enjoy about that, and that's that with TV weirdness, right? Yes. Yeah. Like strange yeah. tourists. There's just some fun. Come. There's just fun stuff. Uh, there's a theater. They now have. There's art in New Asgard. Right. It may not be good art, but there's art there. Well, uh, what I love about the <laughs> performance, right, is we get to see, so returning as uh, <laughs> uh, returning as the mighty Thor, or not the mighty Thor, as regular Thor. Regular Thor. Um, and uh, is um, what Luke Hemsworth, Luke Hemsworth right? right yeah. Returning as Loki's Matt Damon again, but now we get Sam Neill, an old actor. Well, Sam Neill was in, the, uh, was in Ragnarok. And he's wilder people. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yep. So he's like returning and You're, returning. Yeah, you you have you have Taika just bringing in his old friends essentially, and like in Ragnarok, Topaz, who's right. Goldblum's like right hand, like was in Wilder People as well. So he just brings in like people he likes to work with mm -hmm. over and over. I'm surprised we haven't seen like Jermaine Clement in right. in a film or like Reese Darby in one of these films either. Like a ne maybe next maybe next film. Maybe next film. But that was great, and that the play was weird and wonderful, right? Yeah. I mean, Melissa McCarthy coming out as yeah. Hella is hilarious. Uh, hilarious. Like they're, 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 that's really clean comedy, and yeah. the audience response is as much. And it, what I find really funny about that sequence and about the entry of um, Zeus is it's it reeked of a Disneyland experience. Uh -huh people getting emotionally choked up at what is really an inadequate representation of something they've seen in a yeah. in mythology. So right. like you think about you go and you watch um, you go to Disney and you see uh, the Beauty and the Beast show. Yeah. And it is a pale comparison <laughs> to the film Beauty and the Beast, which I think is a pale comparison to the film Beauty and the Beast, the be film Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> and the story Beauty and the Beast, but whatever. It, it's this pale comparison, but people still get choked up. Uh huh. Yeah. And so playing that out is really funny. Yeah. And then that idea of spectacle when Zeus comes in and they played some music that just reminded me of like what happens when the parade at Disney is about to come <laughs> around the corner. And I was like, oh, I hope that this is intentional. Um, it just felt like that. So well, he's he's certainly making fun. Oh, yeah. Of both himself and of what these movies are to an extent. Right. Like. He's just having fun with it, and he does—he just doesn't care. I mean, there's stuff that he does in this movie that I'm like, I can't believe Feige was like, "Yeah, do it, like go for it." Oh, um, you know? Well, yeah. They're um, fighting Muppets in the beginning of this film. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Um, that, th well, that scene felt very, um, very much like Ragnarok. Like that scene felt like Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. 
And it was, what I also find interesting is that the Guardians of the Galaxy's role in this is so small. Yeah. But it's important, mm-hmm. right? They get some nice screen time. There's some jokes. There's a little fun there. And then they become, we learn a lot about Thor and we see that maybe this humor that is part of who he is is covering up pain. Like there's all of this great stuff done quite quickly. Mm. And I love the fact that they let, that Korg narrates that in sort of an almost Mad Max-like kind of yeah. way where he's telling this big story to those children at the beginning and he, I mean, and then throughout. And by him narrating, we get his narrated humor which is great, but it also allows us to move very quickly through what could have been extremely yeah. like uh, challenging storytelling to get through without cheating it. I mean, it's it's exposition, but it's like acceptable, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in ter- it's not like we've had a character like ask a question and then they dump a whole bunch of info on us. It's like, hey, let's get you up to speed here. And it's okay. We have to do this. Like this, this has to happen. Uh, and if we don't do it, then this film's going to be twenty minutes longer, and it's going to f- not feel right at all. Right. And there's someone who only watched Ragnarok, right, in this theater, right. Right. There's someone who only made that choice. Yeah. Or their friend said it's really funny, and they watched it. Right. Right. Um, and, and so they'll so come back for this one. They, and, and so yeah. they have. He has to. They have to sort of set up the Jane yeah. Foster thing. But I also love that Korg is an inadequate storyteller to some extent, right? Yeah. He's a, he tells mythology as opposed to reality, and he doesn't remember all the details and whatever. And that humor helps the exposition be more tolerable. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I would imagine that whatever James Gunn's going to do with Guardians next, that I would bet that he's going to pick up from when they go through that mm-hmm. jump point. Yeah. Right. Like it. Th- it feels like they had to get. They had to. They had to dump Thor so that Gunn can go do his thing with Guardians. Right. He's got Christmas special, and then he's got. Yeah. Uh, the next movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they had to dump Thor, and. I mean, there's not much that you can do. I mean, there's there is a lot that you can do with the As Guardians of the Galaxy, but, I just feel like they'd be competing for the same space too much if you saw too much of them together. Do you it's know what I'm saying? Like it's a different movie. And mm-hmm. potentially, too, if these movies had come out in the order originally yeah, intended true. and Gun hadn't been booted, we would have seen a different structure, right? Sure. Like yeah. so No, I, totally. I, and I think COVID and what happened to Gun, you know, with the attempted Twitter cancel whatever yeah. thing of him is is part of that. Yeah. I was excited to see Lady Sif back. I she's an unresolved issue. Yeah. And I loved Korg's description of the deaths on Asgard where it was like this is oh this guy oh, this died. guy here and, and this guy here. And guy whoever this guy is, yeah. It, it's because that's <laughs> the way it's treated in the film. Yeah. In a way there's a it's a joke about the treatment right in the previous film yeah. of these characters that are like comic heroes you know he's he's doubling he's doubling down on his decision right exactly is saying i don't care that i killed these people and i don't care that they had major roles in the other two films i didn't want them in my movie and i still don't want them i don't care (laughs) that they have 50 years of comic history right yeah right like lady's the only person that matters to me right and i I think that that's really (laughs) great and and she had she had made an escape from or had moved in asgard into another and i want to i this is going to be a memory issue I think she may have appeared in like 
Agents of Shield or something like she oh, appeared I think you're in right. some other show. No, and, you're right. And so she was she's out of Asgard, yeah. and as a result, she missed all that stuff. Right. Um, and so we have her around still. Like we get one more of these Asgardians potentially for the future. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Jamie Alexander is great. So like, I don't have a problem having her around. Well, and all. she 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 can exist to add more to Thor, right? Like. Or she could have existed to add more conflict to his relationship with Jane. She doesn't. Right. But she could have. Mm-hmm. She could have. And she could still. Right. She could still. So. Right. H- having her as part of the future arsenal for the films mm-hmm. is useful, right? Right. Especially the other three are only people to help move Thor from position A to position mm-hmm. B. Right. Right. To set him up for something or to help him escape Asgard with Loki, right? Like that's all he that's all they they're there for. Right. If it was the Loki or if, rather if it was the Thor cinematic universe, they're important. Mm-hmm. But in the Marvel cinematic universe, they can't be. Yeah. It's already crowded enough, right? right. And so we just can't add, we can't right. necessarily add more. Right. Um I also want to at least Did you miss um did you miss the dynamic of Loki uh and Thor? So I didn't. Um, okay. Although you, that may be part of what makes the pacing feel. Funny. I think it is. I because I I, yeah. I, mi- I missed it. I missed, I missed aspects of it. Um, I think that it wouldn't have fit because it wasn't a story, right? Like there's, right. it's a very brotherly relationship right, and thing. This is about love. Or it's n- about love and exactly. thunder. Um, but I still missed. It was ve- it was weird watching a Thor movie that didn't have Tom Hiddleston attached. Um, and that dynamic, you know, playing off of right. each other. I would have liked, I would have liked to see l- like new Loki involved, where he's not like a backstabbing traitor. Um, like whether it's post Loki series, where he's kind of caught back up to where he was at I- before he died in Infinity War. Right. You know, I think I, that that Loki we haven't seen with Thor yet. Right. So I I think that's the dynamic I'd want, but. I don't think he would have fit in this film, even though I did miss his presence. So I wasn't yeah. sure how, how you felt. So yeah, I mean, I I didn't miss him, but I think that that may account for some of your feelings about the film. Yeah, that, probably. That actually makes a ton of sense to me because that he's a rhythmic pattern. He's very rhythmic. That that we did. He's have. so he's so rhythmic that they bring it up in Loki. Right. How rhythmic he's predictably mm-hmm. rhythmic. And, and if we're thinking about it, this this there's an uh, a CG creature who's replacing him who can't do a lot of what a physical person can do and then we have the two women whose goals are different because i do think to some extent valkyrie gets sidelined a lot she does because of the romantic relationship of of jane that is where the story is going well and and you don't have any foils right and and they're all on each other's side they all get along loki at least adds some conflict and pushback and some unpredictable predictability right right of like that's it's not a matter of if he's going to betray it's a matter of when he's going to betray and you know korg and valkyrie and jane are not going to betray thor in any way and they're not going to betray each other and so there's there's less tension happening of how you know is this thing going to implode on itself right there's a you know hulk Hulk is direct line right banner's not going to just bust out into hulk all of a sudden Right or not be able to, right? or not be right. able to, right? Yeah. So there's there's less tension in, in internally within this group that also builds on top of the external conflict that right. happens in the film. And so the it, film's a straight line. It's a straight line. Sense. It's yep. like we have to defeat Gore. That's it. 
That's right. the only thing yeah, that that's happens. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Heimdall mm -hmm. and his son. I love that they used his son as a yeah. major player. In had the no story. idea he had a kid. I, no yeah, idea he had a wife. Right, no idea. But it, but again, meeting that child, that's really interesting. It gives us a future, right? Mm -hmm. And as we're developing this idea of potentially young Avengers, that's a, like a really interesting yeah. potential yeah. option. Although I don't know if they would make that move, but that was great. I, I loved the fact that he operated the Bifrost through um, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker yeah. at that end moment. Like I thought that was like this really great tribute. And then of course, post-credit wise, it may it gives integrity to that post-credit scene, which yeah. I thought was really no, yeah, fantastic. no, no, you're totally right. His floating head um, reminded me of uh, a Superman. Yeah, <laughs> like I feel like I was in like the Fortress of Solitude yeah. for a moment, mm -hmm. um, and I didn't, I had no idea who this this kid was at first. Um, but I love that he's going by Axel, like Axel Rose, like Guns and Roses. Well, sort to of be thing. clear, there's so many actual guns and roses uh, it was the soundtrack to the freaking the, there's movie. posters all through uh -huh. the beginning of the film yeah it's like on the wall it's guns and roses this kid's wearing a guns and roses t-shirt like yeah. it was all over there's the a poster on his wall yeah like, like yeah, it really it, there, there's so much going yeah. on uh and I, if there's something like again about taika like not it's not easter eggs right it's just well crafted storytelling and sort of giving everybody giving the things that are present in the film meaning to the film right yeah you can say it's an easter egg that there's a you know a, a poster on the wall but there isn't it's right. a legitimate thing right the, the soundtrack likes guns and roses and so does this kid <laughs> you know what i mean right well that's why it's in there right that's right yeah as opposed to hey we're playing the soundtrack so there's going to be a poster hidden somewhere right right um so the there's a lot to talk about and i want to say that uh, Giacchino's score is ridiculously good again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, never bad. Yeah, the music was just great. Uh, but I want to talk about how they defeated Gore, because this is a comic book thing that has hmm. been people have been asking questions about all along. So the, there's in the comics the way that Gore the God Butcher gets defeated is by gathering Thors from the multiverse. Oh, shoot. So there's been this conversation, all these different versions of Thor. There's been this conversation about what, so is Beta Ray Bill the one, like, super cool Thor that yeah. um, is in his canon? We know he exists, and we know that there were scenes shot in Ragnarok that he could have been in that they just didn't use it. It was just too much. Th so, like, th there's been all this speculation. Is he, is he going to show up? Is he going to go gather the thor core right and instead they go to make an army of gods and it doesn't work and we have that sort of wild weird yeah. scene within the uh what was it called the infinite the um oh uh opta oh goodness uh oh, good. the the happy god the happy god place the happy god orgy place the I happy guess. god yeah there we go um but the and we should go back and talk about that a little bit but the um what happens is he builds this Thor omnipotent, core. Up the, omnipotence? Yeah, something like the omnipotence, right? Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, he builds his Thor core, and the Thor core and Thor defeat. Hmm. Um, defeat Gore, Gore. the God. Gore the God Butcher. Um, and I'm like, well, so we're at the end, and we have three people fighting here, and they're not. We have we have 
they don't win. And then we have Thor alone, right? And right. how's he going to do this? Right. And when he turns to those kids and he turns them into the Thor core, like yeah. he literally, oh yeah, he oh, turns yeah. them into the Thor core. Right. Th he gives them the power of Thor. Yeah. What what TD solves the problem of multiverses and pulling all these people from the comics and everything mm -hmm. by giving all of these kids that power and then they get to go do their thing against what for all practical purposes is non-existent so the the killing they're doing isn't of people which makes it workable right what td can do his humor right so you know rabbits with burny eyes and yeah. kids you know right kids in princess dresses around, slicing right. monsters in you half know, yeah that he can he yeah. can play that humorous game and keep the stakes high with thor right and i thought that that was really interesting and really well done yeah um uh and he saw he solved this problem that i don't think anyone could have seen coming <laughs> right that the thor core turns into this group of kids yeah and again it's because i just feel like it's because some of these folks are parents now yeah and we want our kids to be superheroes yeah you know well, what and, I mean? and the question of like this this the entire movie is about like not meeting your heroes right right like you're praying to a god and the god disappoints you or um and, and same with same with zeus like zeus is like this washed up god who doesn't care about exactly. his subjects and mm -hmm. same goes for everybody in that space um and even at one point like axel was like talking to thor in the cage and they're like this guy is going to be the guy who saves us like right. it's not going to happen mm -hmm. like even thor says uh, don't they say don't meet your hero sort of thing right thor meets zeus and is like super disappointed in meeting his hero and by thor giving the kids like this power the kids then become like the hero themselves mm -hmm. and they have the power to then continuously like it's kind of like this pay it forward sort of thing um, where they're going to be heroes to other people at some point too. And it's great to do that for your audience because then it mm -hmm. lets young people who are watching the film yeah. feel empowered, and, and but it's also people. such a parent thing. And the film is so much about that relationship between like the, the Thor films have been very much about relationships of child and, and parent mm -hmm. and i think it's interesting because the they have had a lot of sort of daddy stories right like it's fathers and sons and fathers and sons over and over again yeah or fathers and daughters is really the focus of like the the marvel cinematic universe and here we have this opportunity to to re-see that in a in a positive light and sort of like this really lovely positive light yeah and i thought that that was great and that's why i mean i think the end of the film and that last speech with, you know, the child who's at, as yet unnamed, right? Yeah. Uh, for us, um, and they go out to fight together with the appropriate hammers now in their hand. It's like really charming. Yeah. Um, and and hopeful, and it is about the way we spend time with our kids. You know, I mean, you're at the beginning of that journey. I'm at the end of that journey. But mm -hmm. that's the. Like that's what that's the way you want to do it. You want to go out and do stuff together. Yeah. Like I do a podcast with you. That's part of what that experience right. is. It's the adventure of life, and 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 I found that just really refreshing. And for all the sacrifice that takes place, like you know the the that moment at the end of the film where, uh, uh, and I may be getting off track, but the moment no, uh, uh, at the end of the film where we have two sacrifices that take place, right? We have Jane Foster who sacrifices her life so that mm -hmm. um, there's a father present, and we or uncle, but a father figure, and we have the father sacrifice his life, 
or he gives up his you know he goes and he dies um and to do the right thing so his child now is there and then and brings that together right i think was just lovely that there's two sacrifices two deaths that end up resulting in a new in relationship life. yeah right, right. like this yeah. in love and thunder right in this thing mm. the um so i so i love that the but back to the thor core thing i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't believe they did the thor core right i yeah. couldn't believe that he they Watiti yeah. found a way to do that in a fascinating way. Yeah. It was tons of fun and in, had integrity to the kind of story he tells. But he still was able to bring in this character called Eternity that I cannot believe exists in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hmm. It's a giant character, huge and cosmic, beautifully rendered on the screen, like, and, and, and both yeah. as an image and as a rep. Like, you want to talk about something translated from the comics really well? Yeah. Really beautifully translated. Hmm. And that moment when we see sort of the the form of it growing, like the the outline of it growing in stone, and then we have all the celestial figures yeah. around it. Yeah. Like that stuff is like hardcore, interesting comic yeah. translation, and yet beautifully realized. It's a character that is so big, it should not be able to exist in this in, in, in yeah. any kind of film like it's insane that we're accepting yeah. that like well because uh, well and you're telling me this and like i don't actually realize how big eternity is because they didn't seem huge to me they just they just seemed like some being that could grant you whatever wish and because he breaks it down into like the most simplistic form that it could possibly exist right. i'm sure that that character does more than grant you whatever wish that you wish for but in this film that's what they do right but it's so to contain what is a giant idea right yeah. but to think like i go back and i say um in captain america the first avenger could we ever have imagined we would see eternity on the screen sure like uh, no no <laughs> like it seems impossible yeah and so well cause you, you don't know how you're gonna get there how do you you're like how do we do this and that's how far we've come which is really exciting yeah and the cosmic stuff as it increases and we get what's gonna eventually come in guardians etc all of that this is all paving the way for those stories to be like weird wild wonderful and expansive mm -hmm. and you know the god storylines of this is hard like there's some hard questions asked in this movie about faith and about responsibility yeah of certainly man to god and god to man and you know whatever right. is there um and and putting eternity in there is a, it adds to that challenging i just wanted to mention no that like that's another one of these sort of like wow I, there are some really there are definitely questions there are statements that tyke is making about god there are there's a lot of things in here um that that lie beneath just the surface of you know the flashiness that is Thor Love and Thunder um, and yeah like it, it it's it's there he's still he's asking hard questions he's a f I mean he does this in all of his work there's there's deeper meaning to what he's doing he's not just making stuff right even though in his interviews if you watch any of his interviews he'll never talk about any of that he stuff like blows it he off. blows all of it off he doesn't want to tell you he doesn't want to talk about it he wants to talk about the fun and, and he'll let you make up your own mind about right. what the movie's about which is great um, I mean, it's the reason he can play goofy Hitler, right? Because he doesn't—he doesn't need to talk about it. Right. You're gonna make your—you're gonna make the decision for yourself. And he puts good actors in roles that make sure that theme comes forward. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, he's—he's he's a super smart filmmaker, and um, he's not everybody's cup of tea. 
you know that's for sure there's i know people who hate ragnarok like i love ragnarok but they also like thor the dark world so their right. opinion is kind of dumb right, right. um <laughs> true yeah but uh yeah i mean it it certainly certainly is a fun movie um what else do you have on your list i just have the fact that the the song sweet child of mine oh yeah which appears oh, in yeah. the uh trailer yeah means something completely different now right like that's it's just great to that you're able to transform the lyrics of a mm -hmm. song by virtue of telling a good story right that gives meaning to it, it. makes sense now yeah and right. i love that that that's and there. the song is there for a reason not just because he wanted to play guns and roses right needle not just because axel likes guns and roses right you know there's a full matter as storytelling mm -hmm. devices not just to get us to react emotionally right. or something right no exactly um, exactly it's it's why it worked in stranger things right right exactly both times mm -hmm. it, yep. it works there's a there's a motivated reason for doing so um what do you think yeah. of the god orgy house of <laughs> zeus um they were you know they flashed to so many different yeah. gods and i did not get a clear enough look at any single one of them to say, oh, oh, wait, I think I know who this is, or I know who that is. Um, there, there, yeah, I, I, I would imagine that their uh, screen crush or heavy spoilers or new rock stars are gonna have a freaking field day with just that, scene. just that sequence. Yeah. There's gonna be 200 Easter eggs just because they're gonna be able to point out all of these guns on the screen. Um, they're certainly building to something, right? We've seen in Moon Knight, you've seen the Egyptian gods. Um, I think the Egyptian gods Ra is name dropped. I think in mm -hmm. Love and Thunder here, um, and uh, they're certainly building to some god level war or something. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, mm -hmm. where they're going to even go with that. I don't know if. I mean, you and I have been saying like Kang's the guy, and so is everybody else, right? Kang is the big bad that they're building towards. Feige has. Um, teased that in the next few months that we are going to see the uh like the actual introduction of the next big thanos level threat um because right now we're all just speculating you know who's it going to be right. and because kang actually hasn't really been name dropped he's just been the uh mm -hmm. i don't know what they call him i can't remember what they call him in Loki. he who remains he who remains right he hasn't been i don't think he's been named ever as kang but right on screen on screen right but we know we know we know we know um, and so that's where they're going with it, but I don't know how the gods factor into any of that, or if the gods will be like a minor threat and Kang will be a larger threat or if or they're the long, long game. Right. right? And we're, that's going to be dealt right. with in phase sure. five or six or whatever, you know, because yeah. it, it is that we always, we're, we really are responsive now. I mean, part of it's because of the way post credits work. They're like, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. Mm -hmm. But to some extent, like, we got to remember Marvel plays a long game. Well, and and let's take a look too at the 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 most recent post credit from Multiverse uh, of Madness. You have um, Doctor Strange meet up with Clea, right? And who's the son of Dormammu? And will become daughter of a love interest and a love interest, right? And so again, you have this cosmic, and, and you have this cosmic being, and Dormammu is like another. Is they celestial? Are they celestial? Or are they a no? They're he's just a from the dark. He's from the dark dimension, dimension or something, right? right? Yeah. Um, but another cosmic, powerful being, I would imagine, of some sort. Mm -hmm. And so they are definitely going 
they're definitely going cosmic in a lot of ways, which yep. you have to mm-hmm. if Kang's the guy who's doing all of this. Right, you right. need a big, big universe to big tell stuff. those stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then you also have to have you also have to have threats that are on the ground, which also Kang's your guy, right? Right, right, exactly. So Kang has to be like it. Just is just the only thing that makes sense to have. Like Daredevil's not going to be able to hold his own against right Spider-Man's right, and, and we learned that from the challenges of Endgame mm-hmm. with some of those characters who were in very difficult positions right. in relationship to Thanos right. right. So I don't know. It's exciting what they're doing. I just I I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't even venture a guess that could even remotely be close to to whatever it is that they're actually going to do. But I am very excited. Um, that po- that mid credit just killed me um uh, that was like candy oh my goodness i i we are in the middle of rewatching ted lasso right now and i could not believe when they panned over to hercules and roy kent stands up and i have to like i i about lost it that was that was the most funny thing that he did that entire film <laughs> it's right. just to is just a cap cast Brett Goldstein, who, by the way, has an incredible podcast that you guys should all go listen to. If you like movies, he talks about movies to be buried with, with, you know, famous celebrities like Edgar Wright or filmmakers and actors and all that stuff. So go check that out. It's a great podcast. But um, and he's a guy who loves movies. And Hercules is a great Marvel character again. So, yeah. like, he, he could he could have legs in this. Yeah, uh, I would love to see that. Uh, um, I think that. I think that you know I I don't know I haven't seen Brett Goldstein acting anything but Ted Lasso, but uh, if even if he's just playing a, a Roy Kent version of Hercules, I would be more than thrilled well, to see that fits character in that world, right? Yeah, because there's that's 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 a character that doesn't quite exist like this rough, pessimistic but soft underneath kind of like character. I mean, I guess Rocket Raccoon is kind of that person, mm-hmm. but this he's just angry all the time i don't know i i'm very excited to see what they do with that i think that's the funniest thing in this entire film yeah that that was hilarious it completely crushed me um and uh then the post credit scene the post post credit scene right the very end right. um is valhalla valhalla is a place in the comics correct so, yeah yes but valhalla is a place in mythology too right so it's no yeah the no doubt. work yeah yeah and it's it's so the whole Valhalla thing is complex right Mm -hmm. it is a way uh you have to it raises a class question (laughs) about the non-god as guardians and the whole thing about what Mm. that first god said about there's no place for you in an afterlife there's just a place for gods that feels like that feels pretty crappy but um I thought that was really lovely like I thought that scene was lovely yeah um uh it gave us closure mm-hmm. it gave jane foster closure and it gave us closure with heimdall that we did not have closure with right um and those kind of treats are lovely not even fan service they're just good ways of wrapping up story issues yeah that emotionally get you can take advantage of the emotional beat that happens yeah so seeing heimdall feels a way for us right there's a resolve there right. that and feels nice, yeah. And had we not had his son in the story, it wouldn't feel as good. Like that's right. smart storytelling, but it is, 
it's just great to see him and know, okay, so this is where we are. Yeah. Right? It also means that they know Loki isn't there, maybe. Maybe he is. Well, he... What version of him must be? That's right. So, like, we have a lot of... So, the the multiverse poses a problem for Valhalla. I'm just going to be clear about Uh, that. Well, yes and... Yes. Because he's a variant. So, there would be two... There's only the the Loki that is in Valhalla is the one that was choked out by Thanos. Right. The Loki that the Loki the Loki currently exists outside of time and space to me. Right. But right. if he dies, does he go to that Valhalla that Valhalla? He goes to the Valhalla of his own timeline. Which has been created because of the broken timeline, right? Because he's he is from our past. Yeah, but the past, what? Because something changed, he is now part of a different the timeline. Different that now timeline. has its own Valhalla. And so there's a new Valhalla that exists based off of the deaths in that, that timeline. That timeline. It's a crazy thing. That what Taika is saying is that the gods that exist are not true gods because they still exist in time. Right. The only god that exists is the god that exists outside of time, which is he who remains or any celestial right or eternity right or eternity right yeah right right um so yeah all it's this is where it gets really complicated i'm still not 100 percent sure i understand all of the time travel and how all that works in endgame despite seeing it a whole lot um i'm just kind of accepting it for what it is but uh yeah it would have been interesting to see loki show up there with heimdall uh, in valhalla um, would have confused the hell of a lot of people. Right, and that's probably why That's why it didn't right? happen. Yeah. Uh, but I would imagine that Loki is there in... Fascinating. And imagine yeah. if he is there, you know all he's trying to do is figure out how to get the hell out of there. Right. And so if he... And, and of all people who could figure out how to get out of Valhalla, Loki's the person to do it. Right. And... That would be... Right. So that's opening an, the door to Valhalla is interesting. That's an interesting... Yeah, I thought it was going to be Thor's mom we saw. So Heimdall. I would have liked. I did think Frigga was going to show up. Yeah, and it was a nice. It was actually nice. It was Heimdall. Mm -hmm. Like I, I thought that was really nice for us as an audience. But, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I enjoyed the film a lot. I think it's. I think Marvel is in its place Mm -hmm. at this point. I mean, I think we're in a rhythm Mm -hmm. again. I'm excited to see. Yeah, how we get through the rest. I, I feel like that. There's, there's cer- the road that Eternals was has been Ugh, moved yeah. past. There's certainly there was a lot of people, and I've seen some of these posts recently. Uh, people just talking about like everything after Endgame is just a pile of crap, and I think we we can't really say that yet because we don't know what they're building to. Right, and um, you just can't you can't judge it. We knew Thanos was a threat by the end of um it was pre Avengers mm-hmm. that we knew Thanos was a threat. Because we knew Thanos was a threat in Avengers, right? He was the guy at the top. And that was only four movies in. Um we are we are well over four movies past Endgame. And they're building towards something. There's no way Feige has just made these movies and hasn't subtly and the other thing I think that's a challenge for mm. audiences mm. is that the television shows give the opportunity for you to be more critical. Yeah. Because there's so much more content. Yeah. And and so like I'm it's not true. a big fan of Multiverse of Madness and I'm not a big fan of the Eternal. So there's more actually 
plenty of movies in this post Endgame world I don't like, but I don't like Thor: The Dark World. You know no, what I mean? Oh so like, no. there's plenty yeah. of movies, but we wash past them because yeah. once the arc begins to form, mm-hmm. we link to those powerful films. So yeah. I think that uh, Shang Chi stands mm-hmm. really strongly as yeah. a movie. I think that um, for all of the hand waving you need to do, um, Far From Home or No Way Home, rather, No is Way Home, yeah, No Way Home is like a really enjoyable movie yeah i think this movie was a really enjoyable and fun so we'll they have a lot of work to do well and and as they continue forward these movies will start to make more sense in the the big picture which will in turn at the end hopefully make them more enjoyable to watch Mm -hmm. like thor dark world is more enjoyable to watch now that endgame has kind of given it its reason for existence Mm -hmm. um but yeah, Iron Man Two is not a good movie. Right. It's the second movie in the entire series right. here. But it's, it's not, not good. No. It's really not that good. But you get past it because there's a, an Iron Man Three, and ultimately right. there's a Captain America, and right. there's a yeah. You know, it, it, it's just it is what it is. Like it's not everything's gonna be a you know five star. Well, the first rating. Thor is not a great film. I hate that movie. Right. It's just my it's, neck hurts after watching that it's movie. So simple. Every frame is crooked. Yeah. Well, it's true. Very true. Kenneth Branagh, sorry. What is he doing? Stop directing. Go back. Go back. Just just cast yourself in Shakespearean. Or direct Shakespeare, right? Just or direct, direct Shakespeare. Shakespeare films like yeah. that. He's really good at that. Yeah, agreed. So, all right. Yep. Um, let's wrap this up. We've been talking a long time. You got yeah, a great. I don't remember how to wrap this up. Thanks we? for watching the oh, Rack and Focus goodness. podcast. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for watching. Listening. Listening, right. Yeah, That's you're right. Not, watching. not watching. If you're watching us, then. Uh, well, we used to do video, but not anymore. Oh, thank God for um, that. And uh, we'll be back. There's lots more coming. We, we're going to go see Nope. We're going to go see oh, yeah. Bullet, Bullet Train. Train. Like, there's plenty of stuff coming up. Uh, we're sort of going to start to find our way back to action. Yep. Appears like the baby can put up with us talking for an hour. He's been asleep in my chest in for the last, like, 45 That's minutes. That's really great. And yep. he's going to eat soon, though. I just so. had, to find the, I had to find the right position. <laughs> I feel very stuck right now. <laughs> you, you look very stuck. I'll probably <laughs> grab the mic out of your hand. Um, we uh, would love to hear comments about what we had to say. Um and uh, certainly follow our social media. You can go to rackandfocuspodcast.com, which is updated to everything except for this podcast and the non-existent Moon Knight podcast. So That's coming it's, eventually, it's, guys. It's all up there, be there, so you can go and listen to anything we've talked uh, about. And it's always important to remember that we can do better, and the way we know how to do better is by you giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you want to give a review, but along with that review, giving your comments. So give us a... Give us some feedback, talk about how it goes, but give us some stars so people can also encounter and, and uh, enjoy the content and, and be able to ha- be part of the conversation. Um, and that same thing applies for emailing us and getting a hold of us, and you can do all that through that website. Yep. Yep. Go. Uh, oh, you know what? Go find us on Letterboxd. Oh, yeah. That's, that's where you need to go. That's the place to be. Yeah. Um, you can check out other reviews from other movies that we're, we're watching. You can kind of connect with us there as well. Uh, there's no messaging in that app, but there are comments, though, so you can always interact with us through comments. Yeah. Let us know what you thought about movies. If you agreed, disagreed, we'd love to know your thoughts. So, And we would love to know who you are, so we, like, follow us, and we'll follow you. We yep. want to sort of explore film, and it's a great app to do that, and they aren't paying us to say that. They aren't. They should. We don't have enough listeners. Right. Well, right. thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks Take for care. listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. 